Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. I am your host, Ben Perez. Today, I'm welcoming, welcoming my, my good friend and co-host, CEO of All Things Analysis, back to the podcast. Missed last week on a work trip hiatus. Connor Larson, welcome back, buddy. Hey, what's poppin', Benny? Good to be back. Good to be back. Poppin'. Yeah, how was the trip, buddy? Not bad. You know, it's, it's it was a quick week. Uh, and so the body's still adjusting to the time difference, <laughs> you know, getting getting caught up on the rest because it totally throws off your sleep schedule, your food schedule, digestion. So everything feels a little bit out of whack, but getting back to normal. That's cool. And you had to go right back to work, huh? And the office was calling you this week too. <laughs> yeah, it's a short week with Thanksgiving. So, you know, I had deadlines to meet still, unfortunately. But yeah, now I uh, get to record a podcast and go home to the family, see some friends and have some good Thanksgiving food. Exactly. Yeah. Thanksgiving is on the mind here. We're going to be doing our Thanksgiving special, bringing this podcast out a few days earlier than typically do. Um, we're trying to speed up the schedule for the week just because we got the three games on Thursday, a busy week ahead. Uh, we may or may not be able to record a podcast later this week. We haven't uh, been able to map out a schedule, which is going to be busy with, um, you know, we're both traveling home and going to be trying to find time to see if we could nail, uh, nail down a time. We, um, we are going to be three hours different again. So I'm in Arizona right now where I have the two-hour difference. It's been easier doing it this way, but I'm going to be back in California, and we'll have that three-hour time difference to deal with again, mm-hmm. Connor. <laughs> oh, Lord. Not as bad as, like, what, six or seven hours from Germany and ten no, hours eight. it would have been. I think it's, I think it's eight from, hours from here. Yeah. From, from Arizona. Right, I think the East Coast is six. So, yeah, Arizona eight and Cali would have been nine. So nine. at least not that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, Connor, what was your favorite thing you ate in Germany? What was like the, the did you have any good meals or was it just kind of like the typical stuff? You know, I did. I had a lot of good street food for sure. And then in terms of the things that I ate, it was mostly the things that I drank. I remember the most. There's some <laughs> good beer and blue vine. Uh, some Do good you have any wine new beers? Well. Did you have any like new beers that you were trying that you hadn't had before? I think the most common one was like the the Berliner Kindle, uh, but I would just go into a bar and say, you know, give me a Hefeweizen, you know, so it's just like their, you know, basic German beer. Gotcha. So whatever was on tap, I, I wouldn't even know at that point. I'm just like, I know. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, I, um, I think traveling is a good opportunity to try to like expand the horizons on like a lot of things, just like food and drink. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to try to just try new things that aren't typically available to you, you in your uh, the community you live in. So that's always something I like to ask people when they when they go abroad. Oh, one hundred percent, definitely. All right, Connor. So Thanksgiving is this week. Um, we're going to talk about three games um, in addition to our typical segments we do. We're going to be talking about the Bears and Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, and Saints. Before we get going with those, uh, we're going to be doing our Vicious Players of the Week, You're Killing Me Smalls, those two segments, as well as some fancy football stashes and uh, power rankings movement. We're going to be uh, – this. We're, we're recording this podcast like midday on, on Wednesday. So uh, waiver wires have kind of rolled through already for most leagues. And we'll be talking about some guys that maybe might still be out there um, for you to maybe stash for the for the upcoming uh, slate, of, slate of games for week 12. Man, this season's flying by. It sure is. Yeah. All right, Connor. Vicious players of the week. Let's kick it off here. Who is your vicious player of the week or players of the week? A guy on my own team in in ATA League of Record. Got to give Jonathan Taylor the shout out. Just an incredible game. I mean, close to 200 yards, five touchdowns, over 50 fantasy points. One of the top 10 running back finishes of all time in terms of fantasy output. Anytime you eclipse that 50-point total, it's just – it's – 
all you really need from a player to likely win your matchup. Although that being said, I have heard of some certain situations where um, he, he, some teams had him and lost because Austin Eckler had a huge week. <laughs> Justin Jefferson had a huge yeah. week. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, th- there could have been situations where even still he, he didn't get toppled. But luckily, at Taylor and Jefferson on my team, J- JT for MVP, baby. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. Uh, reminiscent of that, was it six touchdowns Kamara had last, like in week 17? That was a wild week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong with that one. It was, pretty, it was the obvious choice. Um, Taylor was excellent. And if you listen to our podcast last week, Zach and I, my older brother, subbed in for Connor. We did a pretty good job handicapping that game, and spe- uh, specifically, we, you know, we saw how Derrick Henry tore up that Buffalo defensive front. Really, uh, Buffalo showing that their their defense. I mean, while you know, I'm, you're, you're, they're not um, you know completely awash. You know, they're still a good defense. They are vulnerable to getting punched in the mouth by like a power running attack. Um, Derrick Henry, I think, had like 20 carries and like 150 yards, almost three touchdowns earlier in the year. Taylor had the five touchdown performance last week. Um, you know, Buffalo is showing some vulnerabilities here, and they're no longer first place in the afc east conference so um, mm-hmm. division so that is um something to keep an eye on as well my vicious player of the week is going to be wander franco 20 year old shortstop for the tampa bay rays this week he signed a 12 year 233 million dollar extension the 12th year is a t- is a, a a team or a player option it's an option so uh, guaranteed on that contract 185 mil not too shabby for someone who hasn't even been able to legally drink a beer here in the united states he it is he has signed now the largest contract ever given to any player for the Tampa Bay Rays, passing surpassing Evan Longoria previously, um, and now it's the longest contract ever signed by a player with less than a year of service time. That doesn't happen very often where a team is so convinced right off the gate that uh, you know a player is going to um, you know be a a, a successful. Um, you know, com- component to their future of the franchise. But Franco has been someone who's been hyped for a while now, the number one prospect across Major League Baseball for about a couple years now. We saw him play, uh, you know, starting the second half last season, and he looked excellent. He had an excellent postseason, um, did all he could to try to help the Rays get past the Red Sox in that first division round. Fell short there, um, the team did, but Franco just 20 years old really shining bright here for tampa uh just 200 230 223 million you know some of those bonuses get um added tacked on for uh mvp like top five mvp finishes across the years um but you know what's kind of crazy is he's only 20 20 years old they're gonna be having him sign now through through his prime that end up might that contract might end up being a bargain for Tampa Bay if Franco continues on this trajectory. It's a it's it's a risky signing, you know, giving someone that much money and years. But with the with the way his career is tra- like on on projection to to accomplish, he could be someone who is a superstar in Major League Baseball for a long time coming. Really cool to see, um, you know, just a, a young player getting his due and just twenty years old. I, can't, I still can't get past that. Also, by the way, the Mets, the New York Mets, still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla when his contract, when uh, this Wonder Franco contract expires. That, oh that, my that, God! Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Danny Vietti, he's a uh, he's kind of like a San Diego Padres guy, but he also just covers Major League Baseball in general. Pointing that, pointing that fact out to me, and I was just like, oh man, that is crazy. Two, two, it, the the contract will be expiring in twenty thirty four. The Mets will still be paying Bonilla a million dollars a season, 
through that year. I think it's like 200, I think it's like 2040 or something like that when Ben Bonilla's contract expires. Crazy <laughs> stuff. All right, Connor, let's, let's now transition to the other end of the spectrum. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Who are the players who disappointed you most this week? That's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I was personally wrong by the Dallas Cowboys uh, going with the Dak and CD double stack in my DraftKings lineup, and that was just a big fat zero. Uh, basically, you know, took you out of contention. So they're killing me. I mean, the Giants are killing me once again. Uh, you feel like they had a little bit of momentum, and that game on Monday night, I, I missed all of Sunday traveling. So I was excited to see my Giants Monday night. Um, Gosh, was that a letdown? Just Danny Jones looks scared, fearful. I think we have to move on from him. This was the make or break season. And Jason Garrett, you know, they, they got rid of him. That was a horrible signing, averaging the worst in the league in terms of points last year or, or 31st, maybe. Um, and then this year, another bottom five offense. And when you look at the talents around the team, it shouldn't be the case. So it really comes down to the offensive coordinator as well as the quarterback, um, because Kadarius Tony is an electric weapon. Sterling Shepard is a great slot player. Uh, Evan Ingram, who just one of the consummate underperforming tight ends, it, it doesn't seem like he can get any good quarterback play. And obviously, Saquon is Saquon. So when you aren't able to perform with those guys out on the field, the Giants are killing me, Smalls. Uh, but maybe we have some reason, some light at the end of the tunnel with Jason Garrett gone. The offense will look different next week. I can only hope. Yeah, it's tough to see, particularly the decline of Daniel Jones for me. Um, over the last five, you know, the, he started the season off pretty, pretty well. Like he looked, he, the deep, the offense was throwing the ball well. He, he was running. ranking, he was running the ball well. He was he the efficiency numbers for him were pretty encouraging. And then over the last five weeks now, he has an EPA per play of negative zero point one six five on the oh, since week six over the last five games. That ranks 29th amongst quarterbacks with at least a hundred snaps or more. Um, Really, just that he's only ahead of the at that bench. I, I pulled ahead of Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, and Davis Mills. So, not necessarily the guys you want to be compared to for Daniel Jones. That's we'll have to see. Fun. Yeah, we'll have to see if uh, the firing of Jason Garrett will do anything to to you know light a spark for them because they're gonna need it. And it it's it stinks because you're right. This was a make or break season for him and. If, if he's one of those quarterbacks, he, 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 they're either going to have to franchise tag him or let, just let him go, right? So yeah. that's, a, that's a tough decision to make because you can't sign that guy to a, a major extension just yet. He needs, he needs to prove more. I think you have to follow suit with teams like the Cardinals who you realize you don't have the right thing in place and yeah. you go ahead and just draft another quarterback the next year. You know, at this point, we, we've had plenty of opportunities to see Danny Jones way more than the Cardinals had to with Josh Rosen. So um, let's just take a play out of the, some of these other faster-moving uh, organizations and try to get back to relevancy uh, and draft a quarterback next year. I like it. All right, Connor. My You're Killing Me Smalls is Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James. Uh, oh. Did you see that fight that LeBron, you know, he says he inadvertently threw the elbow. Mm -hmm. What it looked like was Stewart was being very physical with him, probably digging into his ribs. LeBron tried to push him, like probably like swipe his arm off of him and ended up hitting him in the face. I'm sure he didn't mean to hit him in the face, but he was trying to hit him. So LeBron, mm -hmm. you know, he, he, he got pissed off. He got he inadvertently quote unquote hit the Isaiah Stewart in the face, and so you know LeBron gets suspended a game. But then the way Stewart 
reacted, Stewart gets suspended two games. And honestly, Isaiah, I, I think Isaiah Stewart should have maybe been punished even more based on the way he reacted. He was plowing over his team personnel, his teammates. He 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 was like Isaiah uh, Kate Cunningham, the number one draft pick for the Detroit Pistons, was trying to you know hold back Stewart, and he was trying to he he was with him the whole time, and Stewart was like pushing him off. Uh, Cunningham fell down. Stewart was like if if he hurt Kate Cunningham, who was the first overall pick in the last draft can you imagine I, I think stewart justifiably would be a free agent at this point right now right I, I, the pistons would have had to release him based on if if they injured the the future of that franchise like i get stewart actually has is a decent player he has he's had moments of, of you know ad, adequacy he's he's okay mm-hmm. um but just completely lost his cool and and i get it like you get hit in the face, you're gonna be pissed off, and that, right. that's the nature of it. You know, you get, you, especially the way he got hit in the face. He got hit really hard, busted his eye open, basically, blood oh, yeah, all over his face. But to just to completely just put your team and team personnel in harm's way that way was just really a bad look for him, a bad look for the Pistons. Uh, really, a, a worthy candidate here for your killing me, Smalls. I thought that was a bad look the other night uh, in that game, but. Also, you know, in the same vein, the, the Los Angeles, neither of those teams are playing well, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Detroit Pistons. So when your teams aren't playing well and things like that happen, they kind of start to snowball into some negative momentum. So the Lakers are definitely a team that's trying to bounce back. They're, I think, 9-10 and 10 now on the back end of the playoff picture, if not out of the playoffs at this moment in time in the West. And I got to tell you, it's, it's kind of nice to see. <laughs> that Russell Westbrook has not been the guy that they were hoping he was going to be. It, it, Leading the league in turnovers right now. That, that Russell Westbrook wasn't a good. It fit. is the Lakers fans. It is the Lakers <laughs> fans. They were pretty optimistic about his wow. his fit there, and I, it, it's been a struggle for them to early in the early going. Also, like LeBron James, he's what year seventeen, year eighteen. Like he can't bring it hundred percent every night. He can't carry this team to the uh, top three seed in the West. Like. That's not. I think it's out of the picture at this point. You know, their yeah. their their goal is to stay out of the playing game, and I don't even know if they could do that. That's that's a, the top six teams in the West will will avoid the play in, and I don't even know if the Lakers could do that. So maybe put together this like crew of old retiring players and got rid of a lot of their young talent. And what what do they expect is going to happen? This team looks kind of dead in the water and it looks outdated. They, they're not playing modern basketball right now. It's, it's a lot of just dribble, dribble, dribble one-on-one. And they don't look like a team that that's flowing together. Complete opposite of, say, the Golden State Warriors who are surprisingly outperforming expectations at this point in the season just because of the type of basketball they play. Definitely, yeah. The Warriors are definitely on that other end of that spectrum. All right, Connor, that's going to do it for our vis- our, uh, You're Killing Me Smalls and our Vicious Players of the Week, two segments that we're having a lot of fun fun with. And, you know, highs and lows of the week are, are good ways to highlight, you know, what's been going on in sports. All right, Connor, let's move into some fantasy football advice. We're talking about fantasy football stashes, guys that might still be available in your fantasy football leagues. People that, uh, you know, go out, go out and grab them. Or even, like, if they're not available, maybe you could buy low on some of these guys because these are people that are getting slept on just a little bit heading into the, you know, the final quarter of the season now almost. Who's somebody you want to kick this segment off with? I think you could look out for uh, Curtis Samuel coming back. 
Um, I think he's questionable to play this week, but he might have an impact right away considering that nobody else has really stepped up in that passing game for uh, the Washington football team. So I think, you know, somebody who's been relevant in the past in fantasy football, we know he has skills. We know Ron Rivera likes him, the head coach there, you know, brought him over from the Panthers. So somebody who could immediately become relevant if he's healthy enough to play. That's a good one. I like it. Because Curtis Samuel is someone with some explosiveness that we've seen it. Um, and it's been a season that he's probably available in your fan, your fantasy waiver wise, just based on the disappointment he's been this year. Um, Washington's an offense that's improving a little a late a little bit, and um, you know they're not a team that's just going to give up. I don't think Ron Rivera is too good of a coach to just mail in that's the the end of the season. So it's, uh, it's somebody that could come back and and finish strong. Uh, it's not a bad not a bad choice. What's what's his roster percentage? Did you see? Twenty four percent in ESPN. Twenty four. I like that. All right. My guy, and I think I've talked about I've talked about this guy constantly throughout the last few weeks. It's Sony Michelle. I think he's the number one handcuff that might be available right now in fantasy leagues because you're talking about. I think it's in the same class as like Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison. Um, these are handcuffs that are must own players, and I think Sony Michelle's in that in that must own category of handcuffs. And the reason being, you know, this, the Rams' rest of season schedule of opposing rush defenses is one of the best in the league. So Daryl Henderson is a bona fide RB one the rest of the way for me. If Daryl Henderson, you know he, and and by RB one I mean like top twelve, um, and with Henderson, you know he has a little bit of an injury history. You know mm-hmm. he, he's he missed his whole he missed a good portion of his rookie season with injury. I think he missed all of last season right with an injury or close to. Uh, he missed some of it. That, that's what allowed Cam Akers to get on the field and it really yeah. explode the second half of the year. He had the ribs injury earlier this year, and um, you know he's a guy that you know while you're not banking on an injury, he's been a good player this season. If you own Daryl Henderson, you should do your darnest to go out and try to grab Tony Michelle and maybe even buy low, maybe even overpay for him um, if you if you can, because he's someone that I think is an excellent insurance policy right now, rostered in twenty three point seven percent of ESPN leagues. Especially going going towards the playoffs. If, you, if you're going to be in the playoffs, you don't want to be stuck without a playable running back if yeah. there's a major injury to somebody on your team. Even if you're only going to get 70 to 80% of the value, at least it's you know a playable guy, a startable guy that week. I think it's even more than that uh, in terms of percentage of what Henderson is. Um, yeah. If he misses, I think Michelle somewhere in like the 80 to 90% of what Henderson can be. Um, also, they're coming off the bye week, so you know someone that's kind of Michelle's probably someone that's been a little bit forgot about over the right. last you know, week week or two. So maybe someone that you could go out and maybe buy low or, or stash on the back end of your bench if he's available on your free agent wire. I like it. All right, you have anybody else? Yeah, a couple of guys I'm, I'm looking at are Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. Coleman coming back from injury, uh, it looks like uh, Michael Carter is dealing with an ankle issue. He's going to be out for a few weeks. So, you know, both of those guys over the next few weeks could have some relevance. It's not really a stash. It's more of a, you know, just check your fantasy, uh, your waiver wire in case this week you need a running back plug and play. Those guys could be available. Yeah, those were, those were two players that were, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people wrote about them um, on waiver wire columns this week, so it's possible they were snatched up on the round of waivers. But they're still out there. I definitely I I, I like Ty Johnson. I think he's someone that's going to be heavily involved now um, with the fact that you know they um, they have the um, they have Michael Carter no longer mm-hmm. no longer available for them for the next few weeks. So yeah, you're a right. pass catcher. 
My guy, I want to highlight too now, you know, someone who's been missing a lot of time lately with an injury. I think he broke his fingers, Will Fuller. Will Fuller, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Uh, someone with a lot of talent. In Houston, he, he put strung together some excellent, you know, performances, especially in fantasy football. Someone that is capable of, like, when going off, being the wide receiver one overall when all things are clicking. And the Dolphins are the number one pass team in the league right now. They're, they're, they're passing at the number one rate in a football and Will Fuller is someone that if when he comes back, you know, it sounds like it's inevitable at some point soon. Fuller is going to be heavily involved in that passing game. And we've already seen Devontae Parker. I think he's out for the season now, right? Jalen Waddle's been snatching up a lot of work. And Waddle is uh, you know, while he's uber talented, he needs some help. And Gasicki's been been doing pretty well, but I think Will Fuller is definitely the most explosive member of that passing core when um, you know, given the opportunity to if he's healthy. So I think Fuller, he's probably been dropped in a few of your uh, a good amount of leagues, uh, just based on the fact that he hasn't been playing much this season. He's he's bound to come back soon. I think that Fuller is someone that I would be keeping an eye on trying to go stash. Yeah, they like using Waddle in, in the shorter screen game, and exactly. they still are looking for that field stretcher. Yeah, a great point that with that with Parker out, it certainly leaves a hole that Fuller can fill. We know he's an excellent deep threat. Uh, that's why he was signed to the team. So yeah, thirty three point two percent rostered in ESPN. Gasicki has been known to be sucky some games and just not be able to <laughs> catch the ball. So yeah, not not a bad uh, not a bad idea to put him on the back end of your bench. Just we knowing that it takes one play for him to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? Uh, a guy I, I like this week, uh, you might be able to get is Gerald Everett. I uh, came back two weeks ago after after the bye week and got eight targets, um, four targets last week. He's got 100 yards combined over the past two weeks, 10 points, five points. Sometimes if you need a fill and tight end with Travis Kelsey going on by, and also a guy who we think is talented, we think he's athletic. If Russell Wilson can start to put it together, maybe he can string together a few games of 50-plus yards and a touchdown here or there. We know he's athletic enough and has the profile of somebody who can be a tight end with some fantasy relevance. She hasn't really shown it yet dealing with injuries and the new team, but some potential there. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I like to round out this uh, segment also by throwing out a defense that might be available, um, you know, with the upcoming schedule. A defense that I like, um, and and they're currently ranked 15th on ESPN defensive rankings, uh, position rankings, that is. They're 14.8% owned in ESPN leagues. The Vikings. The Vikings are, uh, you know, facing San Francisco this week. Not necessarily a matchup that you salivate uh, over, but their next two opponents, next three opponents following this week, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. Detroit's an excellent matchup. We know that, especially if Goff isn't going to be able to play. It sounds like Goff will probably be ready in two weeks. It sounds like tomorrow, you know, Detroit's playing tomorrow. Goff is a 50-50 chance to play. So it's probably a good bet playing week 13. But still, Detroit's Detroit. Pittsburgh's offense is, you're not really afraid of them. Big Ben can't throw the deep ball at all anymore. And, you know, Chicago is another another offense that's been struggling mightily. So the Vikings have a, a good slate of games coming up. They're a defense that's widely um, available across leagues right now. A team that I'm, I might be looking to stash is, um, and then if you're a team that if you're if your fantasy team is you know already set for the playoffs, you look like you're already a, a shoe in to make it. It's time to start looking at you know what the schedules look like for the playoff rounds, and you look at defenses that are available that might be good playoff defenses. I like to target the, the San Francisco 49ers. In the playoffs, they have Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston as their opponents in weeks, what is that, 15, 16, 17? That's an excellent slate of games for them 
Um, Tennessee even being probably a, a, an offense that's going to regress towards the end of the season without Derrick Henry. Their offense, you know, the, the weapons, you know, A.J. Brown's been injured a lot this season. Julio Jones, who knows what's going to happen to him. He's pro- Even if he does come back, he's been horrendous when he's on the field. They really don't really have – they don't have a lot of depth, and they just released Adrian Peterson. So, like, what does the running back situation look like? Yeah. Um, the Titans yeah, are kind of a, an offense I'm not afraid of facing. So those three, Falcons, Titans, Texans, I think that's a good good slate of games for the 49ers. They are available or they're owned in – let me look up the roster percentage really quick. They're owned in 64.2% of leagues. So they're a little bit higher up there. Um, you know, their position rank is 16th, though. So, so maybe they're a little bit actually – a little bit over rostered in, in ESPN leagues compared to the, the Vikings were their 15th and they were like 14%. So I don't know. Shows you the perception of the team defenses. Yeah. The, 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 the Niners were like a defense that I saw available in my league. So that's why I, I kind of threw them in there, but I'm um, surprised to see the roster percentage up there that high. Mm. Yeah. I did, you know, there's always the like 20 or so percent of leagues that just, from the beginning of the season don't really kind rotate out their defenses yeah. they some guys just like to stick with the team especially if it's their own team so there that could be a case there where our league is very active in in switching defenses based on matchups on a weekly basis some some guys just like riding a defense yeah all right connor let's transition to some power rankings movements here all things analysis we've been doing our weekly power rankings keeping those updated on the website connor and i have adjusted our week 12 power rankings now heading into this slate of games Thursday is going to be exciting matchups. Who are we looking forward to? Uh, you know, seeing these trends continue. What which teams are moving and moving up and dropping down? Um, you know, the the power rankings are a way that we gauge teams against one another. And while you don't necessarily want to be seeing too much movement week to week, sometimes you got to make overreactions. Sometimes you got to react in the moment. And you know, we've seen over the last few weeks some some teams trending up and some teams trending down some going up and then down you know it's been a roller coaster for a lot of these teams and i think the theme of this season has just kind of been it's difficult to gauge the teams at the top the teams at the top continue to just kind of leapfrog each other over and over again some teams are dropping down now like the bills have been a very a disappointing team over the last few weeks dropping down further in our power rankings what are your thoughts here with just kind of the biggest trending teams right now in the nfl well, I, I think we did a great job not overreacting to the Cardinals losing Kyler Murray and, and keeping them at atop of our rankings. Um, you know, and once again, they were able to pull out a win with Colt McCoy starting. So it just shows you the real depth of their team and, and the mm-hmm. balance they have on their roster. The, the ability to replace somebody as talented as Kyler and still win two out of three games, you know, when he's back and playing fully healthy, uh, DeAndre Hopkins back on the field. I mean, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be the best in football or at least close to it. So I'm glad that we kept them, held them atop the league, even though they were dealing with some injuries. Um, and then the team that we, we rapidly dropped is the Buffalo Bills, a relevant team because we're going to see them tomorrow on the field for Thanksgiving. Um, how do you feel about them? I mean, I think their defense really got exposed. The fact that they really had cake matchups in terms of the defense so far and, and, you know, their offense has been prone to some flops as well. Uh, if you look back to the Jags game as well as this most recent week. Yeah, the Bills are a team that is uh, regressing pretty heavily. And I think what it comes down to is obviously the defense has had a pretty easy slate of games. I think they have the easiest, they've had the easiest schedule of opposing offense if they've, they've faced this year. But also there's a lot of problems on the offense. The Bills refuse to run the ball. They just, they just don't do it. 
and Josh Allen has the, the opposing defenses now are playing him zone mostly. And last year, Josh Allen was number one in the league of defenses that defenses were playing him number one at the number one rate of man coverage last year. And so what that does is allows Allen to use that kit, that rocket of an arm to create holes and, and and capitalize when his receivers were creating separation but now with the zone you have to be more anticipatory you have to you anticipate throws better and you have to be more accurate with the football and josh allen really hasn't been doing that last year allen was second overall in um completion completion percentage over expected this year he's somewhere in the middle of the road he's last year was like 4.8 or so 4.9 this year it's 0.9 so um, about a four four percent drop off of a completion percentage over expected. He's he's been you know right around league average of uh, in terms of accuracy this year, and that's not what the Bills thrived on last season, and that's not what's gonna that's not what's gonna get them out of this funk that they're in. And I think that a lot of the problems also are just with this running game and the lack of it. You know they're using they're starting to use Matt Breida at at the higher rate at equally or higher rates than you know Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and is Matt Breida the more talented back? I don't think so. Um and the Bills are a team that's you know plummeting pretty pretty fast. And and I think they're starting to feel the heat. You know, the Patriots are right there with them. You know, the Patriots are now a half game up in the NFC in the uh, AFC East standings. If the Patriots continue to this trend, you know, the Patriots are, their defense is number one in expected points per play over the last, over the last uh, five weeks, over the last, since week six. Patriots' defense has been incredible lately. And the Bills' defense, you know, they started out the season hot, but, you know, part of that was just the opponents they were facing. And, and I think that the truth of this is starting to be revealed um, with more data under our belts, with, you know, more, more um, opponents faced for the Bills. I think we're starting to see, you know, we did that Pythagorean theorem tool. We're going to be getting on the site as soon as we can. And it is okay. We um we kind of just show that like the team the Bills are one of those teams that their their actual wins are pretty pretty um higher pretty a lot higher than their expected wins based on their um their you know performance on the year. And while you know they've blown a couple teams out, I think that impacts you know that those 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 um numbers as well because they what beat the Texans like thirty five to nothing or something like that. And um, you know the the Bills are a team that's definitely moving down the power rankings, rightfully so. Yeah, it's it's the Bills that, that are one of the most overrated teams, and then it's also the Tennessee Titans. Um, so that's what it another comes team down that to. Moved, another team <laughs> yeah. that's moving down pretty far in the power rankings. We, I, you have at eleven, I am at twelve. I think um, you know last week we had to give them some credit because of the fact that they beat some pretty good teams without Derrick Henry, you know, AJ Brown banged up, no Julio. But the fact is this team is just getting too many injuries now. And while they they're they're they've been well coached and they've been well managed and well game planned, the fact is that their their talent is just not there with the top teams anymore. And they're going to struggle to compete with the best teams in the NFL going forward if they can't get healthier. And you know, I have them at 12 and I'm I'm, I'm willing to move them up a little bit further. If AJ Brown comes back healthy, if Julio starts to produce, if their running game, you know, gets back on track with Hilliard and um, Dante Foreman, like if this starts to click, maybe they're a better team um, and th- than where I have them now. But just with the fact of they're pa- playing with so many backups right now, I- I'm comfortable moving them down into into like the 12, 10 to twelve range or so. 
Yeah, and even their backups were getting hurt. Like Marcus Johnson last week, uh, yes. he, he came out with in, in a relevant fantasy fashion the week before with like a hundred yards, and you know he even goes down. So they're they're really uh, stretched um, in terms of the healthy offensive players and the contributors right now. Yeah, last team that moved down pretty far for us, the Cleveland Browns. Um, <laughs> really, I think the Browns got to realize Baker needs to get shut down. He's done. He's he he cannot play the way he is. He, it looked like multiple times last week he got hit on the ground and couldn't get up. But then he and then he did. And I get like it's a pretty bad look what his what his wife was doing on on Instagram, like posting those reposts of you know Baker's like the toughest player in the league and his teammates should be tougher. Those types of things like it's a bad look when wives get involved like that. But it's like if he's playing through this many injuries, if the if he's really playing this hurt. It's okay. Maybe you, maybe your your you know seventy percent, sixty five percent is not as good as one hundred percent of Case Keenum. Keenum's the right. better quarterback, the better option right now. Go with Case Keenum. The Browns, we moved them down to where we're in a power rankings about eighteenth, and I think that's a good spot for them. Honestly, they're 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 really struggling right now. You know, Kareem Hunt's supposed to come back soon, so that would be a good boost for them. Their running game has been their bread and butter all season. If Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are able to get them back on track, that'll be. A good bonus for them that could you know move them a little bit further up in our standings right now but at 18th based on the way they've been playing lately i have no problem that having them there yeah they're just not dynamic on offense they can't pass the ball you know they really rely on that running game and and you know that they're just going to continue to see more and more stack boxes they really don't have the offensive skill position players out wide right now uh to create separation and make big plays yeah definitely and Baker can't um, obviously reach him either because he's like a rag doll. Yeah, Baker has been horrendous lately. He, um, he, especially just like I get Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't being used properly for them, but like he still was better than what they're throwing out there right now. I mean, like right. Donovan Peoples Jones has been pretty bad, and he would ha- he's had an opportunity to step up, and he hasn't. Anthony Schwartz is a rookie who hasn't really done anything. And, you know, it's kind of like a tight end roulette. Like, who, which tight end, you know, is going to be the one that catches a few passes on the game? And it's like, they're, none of them are really good options. And they're, they're really just like lack of – the lack of talent in their passing game from the arm to the to the other end of the receiver, the receivers. It's just – it's too it's too low in, in these rankings. Like, they're probably one of the worst third that, – that combination of quarterback and pass catchers is one of the – it's got to be like bottom five in the league. Yeah really bad yeah all right anybody else want to highlight here uh probably the patriots i i think they've been one of the more impressive teams now you already were seeing the trend last week but i i just was really impressed by uh, the fact that they were able to overtake the division now really string together uh, multiple strong weeks in a row uh and a really convincing win was it on thursday night um, so yeah, I just I want to give a shout out to the Patriots, and they're they're becoming a more and more more and more of a legitimate threat and possible super Super Bowl contender, which is shocking with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, Mac Jones right now he is fifth in expected completion percentage um, completion percentage over expected. So he's been excellent for them, um, and really we, we evaluate the Patriots. I continue to say this like a team that doesn't have a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones has been awesome for them. And while, you know, the training wheels are still on him, like they don't they don't take too many risks with him, their defense is is their saving grace, man. Their defense has been awesome. I said it already. They're first over the last, over the last you know, five or six weeks or so, first in EPA per EPA allowed per play. Their defense is absolutely stifling opposing de- offenses. And 
if they're going to play like this, it's really reminiscent of those early 2000s Patriots teams with a young Tom Brady. I hate to say it because that's been like the storyline that everybody keeps throwing out there. Like, are they like the early 2000 Patriots, rookie Tom Brady? Like, kind of are. They kind of are. And right. it's time it's time to start taking them seriously. I, I'm loving I, – I put in earlier in the season an over on the eight-and-a-half win total for them. I'm really liking that going forward now. They have seven already. Oh, yeah. I feel great about that. That was a very impressive fact. All right, Connor. That's going to do it for our Power Rankings movements of the week. Go to allthingsanalysis.com to check out the rest of our Power Rankings. We have them up on the on the website. They update live. So you can even catch us like while we're updating them. Maybe you, you can see the movement while we do it. And um, – we, uh, we, we've we been doing those religiously over the last, you know, 12 weeks of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It's been one of our, our top, um, you know, attractions for the website. Go go over to allthingsanalysis.com to check those out. All right, Connor. We've got Thanksgiving tomorrow with so many, um, with these with these three games, The I think a, a lot of the, the trends or like the theme for a lot of these games is just kind of like who's playing tomorrow. Like, there's a lot of health questions for these teams. You know, we got the, the short week, so we got Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram. You both questionable, might not play. Sounds like Ingram is more likely than Kamara, but if neither play, you know, is Tony Jones Jr. going to be ready? Because he he just came back last week. I don't know if he's ready to take a full workload for the Saints. We got C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, the re, two the top receivers for Dallas. Both were, um, you know, Lamb got you know knocked out of the game early last week, and without Cooper, it really showed Dallas's offense struggled Jared Goff he's a 50-50 game time decision he's actually while he's not necessarily good he's better than Tim Boyle who was horrendous last week um, you know the, the Bears are banged up on defense. Khalil Max out for the season um, Akeem Hicks is is not he was declared out it sounds like CeeDee Lamb actually might be playing this game while we were recording this podcast I saw an update that uh, he's you know was great today in practice. He did everything, and uh, the quote was, "I don't think we'll have any limitations going into the game with him." So wow. if that's if he does play, that's a big boost for Dallas. But I think that that's kind of the theme of these these games, like who's playing. And I, I think um, you know it, it's risky to place bets before you know we get these these decisions and 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 uh, declarations of who's in and who's out because mm-hmm. I think it could really swing the game one way or the other. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's always the chance that he's warming up tomorrow. Feels a little bit dizzy. You can't, can't pass a concussion protocol and, and get ruled out. And then all of a sudden, the Dallas offense is stuck in the water like it was last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Connor. Let's kick it off with our first game of the day tomorrow. The Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. The Bears are favored by three points. The over-under point total is 41 and a half. I gotta tell you that the public's ready for Detroit's first win of the season. You know, they're, they're 64% of the cash that's bet on this game right now has been on the Lions. And uh, Chicago, you know, the last week, Justin Fields suffered the ribs injury. Andy Dalton comes in. Do you think that the Lions have an opportunity? You know, do you think that there's a, a chance here that they, they, they could sneak out their, their first win of the season? I certainly think there's a chance. Um, I, they've been playing in a lot of decently close games 
Uh, and Goff, while horrible this year, has been an, is an improvement over Boyle, as you mentioned. And uh, DeAndre Swift has been one of the top fantasy running backs. And in real life, he looks extremely talented and impactful. So, you know, this team, it struggles from a lack of pass catchers and passing game. But uh, Swift is, is talented enough. And Hawkinson as well can have a big game. Uh, and they, they can certainly overcome what, what is a very weak Chicago Bears offense as well. Uh, probably, you know, as you can see with the line, going to be a low-scoring game. And uh, if you're a 0-8 team or, or whatever they are at this point, um, you know, you, you're hoping for a low, lower-scoring game because it's more of a coin flip. They don't really have to worry too much about keeping up and uh, can keep it close and, and try to win by, like, a field goal or something. Yeah, I think that the the way I bet in this game is going to depend on whether or not Jared Goff plays. Um and not necessarily the way, but like the confidence that I have because I, I like the Bears a lot if Tim Boyle plays. And well, like I like I said, Goff isn't great, but Boyle's even worse. Goff on the season has a negative point one EPA per play, but Boyle has a negative five point zero four EPA mark last week. He had a thirty percent success rate, a thirty four point one QBR, sixty five sixty five percent completion percentage, seventy seven pass yards last week. Like really, really bad game for Tim Boyle and he's a backup quarterback for Detroit for a reason you know he he doesn't deserve a starting job in the NFL he might not is deserve a backup job he might not deserve a backup job so this is a matchup that you know if golf plays I think there's a chance that the Lions could pull off the upset or at least or at least cover especially with uh, how banged up the Chicago Bears are particularly on defense but the reason why I like the Bears as well in combination with that that drop-off from Goff to Boyle is that Andy Dalton's going to be behind center, and that's not necessarily a downgrade for the Bears. You know, Goff, I mean, um, Dalton uh, on the season right now has a 0.093 EPA per, per play mark. That's 25th amongst quarterbacks with 84 snaps or more. Dalton has 84 snaps. That's why I did that. Um, <laughs> Fields has a negative 0.125 EPA per, per mark. I mean, play per um on the season negative 1.25 um and that's 38th so Dalton has has you know the better mark there but Fields you know has been improving lately so I'm not trying to just completely bash Fields over the last three games over Fields' last three games he has a 0.113 EPA per play um so he has been getting better but I just think the drop off from Fields to Dalton isn't as damaging as you might think and with the public being so heavily on Detroit Feel like it's it's a sharp move to to you know take the Bears here. This opening line was four, you know, moved down to three. Three is a key number there for gambling reasons, obviously for the field goal um, difference. And I just don't think I'm not convinced that Dalton is a full point less valuable than Fields right now. I think they're pretty comparable. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that. The, if you look at both sides of the ball, the Bears defense is the strongest unit in this game. If you're talking about the Detroit offense, the Detroit defense, Bears offense and Bears defense. Um, and so, you know, in, in a game where we think it's going to be close, I'm going to side with the, the team with the better defense. I could probably make a play, maybe get an interception, uh, especially if, you know, Andy Dolan is a professional quarterback. He, you know, he yeah. can manage a game. He's not going to do the things that are too dumb, not going to have horrible turnovers, uh, maybe, maybe a couple, but nothing too. He's going to be able to move the offense with, with Darnell Mooney, if Alan Robinson's healthy, David Montgomery's healthy now. Um, whereas there's just zero confidence in Tim Boyle. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I would I would mention the one caveat that the Bears defense has been pretty bad lately. Um, over the last five weeks, since week six, um, they're, they're 31st in EPA allowed per play. 
0.145, which is horrendously high. They only, uh, they're only ahead of the Jets. The Jets are 0.313, so way up there. Um, but And the Lions are, on the other hand, 29th in EPA per play allowed um, in that same time span. So neither defense is really good. I think that when you, when you uh, talk about the Bears, though, that those five games that I'm, I'm including in that, in that spread – you got the offenses of Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Those are that's a pretty tough matchups, um, and so I think that this is definitely the easiest opponent that the Bears have faced in a while. I just think they're not getting enough credit here, um, and especially if, if Boyle plays, I love Bears minus three a lot. Yeah, I mean they're they're coming off of six sacks last week against a backup quarterback, and I think they can largely dial up the pressure once again. If they either way with Goff, which is also basically a backup quarterback, so uh, <laughs> either way, I think they're they're playing a backup offense. Yeah, it's funny. Goff ranks like dead last in so many like advanced stats. It's he's been really bad this year, but that just tells you how bad Tim Boyle is because Boyle's like a pretty good difference worse than Goff. So. Really pick your poison there for the Lions. It sucks because the, you kind of feel for Dan Campbell, head coach there. Um, you want them to do well, but it's just, it just hasn't been there for them this season. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's just like they want that first win and then you can move on to the next year. And really, this is like one of two games left on the remaining schedule that they're even like going to be within like a field goal or, or standing chance. I think they got the Falcons in like week 16 or 17. Other than that, Detroit's going to be like heavy underdogs, almost double-digit underdogs in the rest of their games going forward. So keep an eye on that. And um, I think that the Bears are, are, are a good pick here for this first Thanksgiving game. All right, Connor, next matchup. The Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by 7.5 points. The over-under point total, 50.5. This is an interesting matchup. I think that you know Dallas comes into this game with an interesting buy low opportunity. They looked pretty bad last week against Kansas City. Similarly, the Raiders did look look pretty bad last week against Cincinnati. So two teams kind of reeling right now. I think the Raiders even more so with all the, all the emotional trauma they've, they've they've experienced over the last few weeks. With you know Zach, my older brother, had them as their "You're killing me, Smalls" <clears throat> player last week because you know John Gruden the drama with him then henry ruggs the tragedy with that and then um arnett the the cornerback for for the defense on the raiders was like on social media waving around guns and not a good look for them either so a lot of things going wrong with the with the raiders it seems like they're kind of done with the season they just want to get it over with <laughs> and that's that's what the vibes seem to be since week six the defense for the raiders the, i feel like defense is a good gauge of team morale and team effort mm-hmm. And because defense is, you know, more than offense, I would say a an effort, an effort thing. If your team wants to give it their all and is trying their hardest, the defense is going to show it more than the offense. The offense can be, you know, if you have the right scheme, if you have the right talent, it takes, you know, a, a good quarterback and a good running back and a good receiver to move the football. Um, and that's a, that's oversimplified version. But I think you get the point, like the more the more energized your team is, the better your defense, I think, more than the offense will be. And the Raiders' defense, since week six, is 30th in EPA per allowed. They're 31st in success rate allowed, 50% success rate. That's terrible. The G- the Chiefs game last week was, wasn't was a good matchup for Dallas. I think, you know, the Chiefs' defense were less, um, you know, like in that, in that same five-game span, I, can't, I continue to, to highlight, the Chiefs' defense has been much improved. 
since early in the season, they were really struggling. The Chiefs are sixth in EPA per, per play allowed since week six. They're eighth in success rate allowed, 41.1%. So the Chiefs defense against Dallas last week was, you know, while, while Dallas did not look good, I think it was a tough matchup. And at the Raiders got blown out last week in Cincinnati. And I, I think that was more of a damaging performance for, for Vegas than Dallas against uh, Kansas City. Feel, I feel pretty comfortable picking the Cowboys minus seven and a half. I would feel better if it was, you know, minus six and a half, get under that that touchdown difference. But I think the Cowboys have an opportunity to blow out the Raiders here. Yeah, similarly, I, I'm on the Cowboys. and A big factor is CeeDee Lamb. So uh, I'm even more confident uh, confident if he's healthy. Uh, they often struggle to move the ball without him, uh, with Amari Cooper being out as well. So that does make me a little bit worried that they become a bit one-dimensional, relying on Zeke in, in the running game, especially if he's also a little bit dinged up. Uh, but obviously, Tony Pollard's uh, one of the better running backs, uh, backups in the league. And Michael Gallup uh, is uh, in his third game back from injury and so he continues to get more and more involved in the offense so with CD and Gallup I think that that should be plenty enough firepower where they can take out the Raiders uh, and so hopefully CD is playing um, and that, that could be a big uh, big factor yeah definitely the the CD lamb the latest update was he was a full participant in non-padded practice today um, that was from Dak Prescott and lamb still needs to he needs joint clearance from a club physician and an independent neurological consultant to play on Thursday. Sounds like he's training in the right direction. Keep an eye on that. I like that. Um, you know, I, I agree with you in, in the sense that I think he's a big factor in this game just because without Cooper, I don't think Gallup is a reliable wide receiver one on the week. Um, yeah. And, and you know, Dallas's offense really suffered last week without them. Um, with Dallas too, Tyron Smith, their tackle on the offensive line, he's looked like he's looking like he's going to play coming back from injury. Um, that's a big addition to them. Um, I, I like this matchup for Zeke if he's able to give it a go. I think you know he's banged up, and, and um, the, I think it was like a bone bruise on his thigh or something like that, or or a contusion. I, I I think that this is a good matchup for the running backs for Dallas. So I hope Zeke, if he if he gives it a go, I hope he's healthy enough to really be effective because he is someone that I think um, could really have a great game here. And if he's not 100%, if he's like 80%, I kind of prefer that he sits out because I think Pollard would be an excellent play here um, for Dallas. And so the uh, the Cowboys minus 7.5 is 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 a, a spread that I'm comfortable taking, but it's uh, it's not necessarily my favorite um, in terms of just like how large that, that spread is right now. Yeah, the, the latest update is he was a full person in practice, he being Ezekiel Elliott. So it looks like he's ready to suit up and play tomorrow. That's good. That's good news. Okay. The last matchup on the docket for Thanksgiving, the Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. The Bills are laying six points. The over-under point total is 46. I think this spread has moved like a good, a good like two points, maybe a point and a half in Buffalo's direction. So a lot of people are betting on the Bills and the under right now in this game. Um, is there any chance here that the Saints could come out and maybe surprise people? The Bills have been disappointing um, the last three weeks in a row now, and it, it's uh, it, it's kind of just assumed that they're going to bounce back in this matchup, but is that going to be the case here? What are your thoughts? That's my general feeling. Um, with the amount of injuries on New Orleans Saints, 
you know, there you take away Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and, and Jameis Winston. Um, you know, none of them have been on the field at the same time. But having them all off the field for this game is going to be very difficult. Uh, and so there goes another game for the Bills' defense to pad the stats and, and look decent. Uh, Simeon really hasn't been the guy who, who stepped up. Uh, most of his production has been coming in garbage time. And the Saints' defense has just really showed that they're not as strong as we necessarily thought they were. Uh, you know, the the Colts were really able to do whatever they wanted in that matchup. Um, you know, the the strength of the Bills defense is the running uh running game. Uh and with you know the the strength of the Bills offense being the passing game, it, it, they can really avoid uh, or I should say the strength of the I should say the weakness of the uh, Saints defense is the running game after Jonathan yeah. Taylor and Derek Henry exposed them. So the, the the argument there is that the Bills might not be able to take advantage of that weakness, but I do think they have enough offensive weapons with Cole Beasley and uh, with Emmanuel Sanders outside of Stephon Diggs. Dawson Knox has been back and healthy. He was six for 80 last week, where I think in the passing game, they can make up for what they lack in the running game, especially in a matchup where I don't think New Orleans offense puts much pressure on the Bills. Yeah, uh, I really. This is a game like I came into that like I really wanted to play contrarian and side with the Saints, and and I think I lean that way, but I just wish that we could have like a healthy Kamara or a healthy Ingram and a healthy Teron Armstead to tackle for the for the Saints. He's he's questionable. He's probably not going to be playing this week. Mark has doubt. Mark uh, Marcus Davenport. He's not playing the edge rusher for the um, who's questionable. The edge rusher for the Saints. The the t- the other tackle for the Saints banged up. He's questionable. It's it's just a, like a lot of health problems for the Saints, and that's really my big caveat with them because I actually kind of like them uh, as the underdogs right here. I think this is a good spot to maybe buy the Saints at a low point and uh, continue to to bank on this Bills reel. But I don't. I, I, this is a really tough one for me because you know New Orleans is five and zero straight up against the spread against Buffalo in their last five matchups against one another. The Saints are a good home team. Sean Payne's excellent as an underdog. And I just don't believe in this Bills defense. But I just don't know if the Saints have the health and the personnel and, and talent to capitalize on the Bills' defense struggles. Struggles. No, you're playing the Saints' backup crew. You know, you're not really playing the Saints at this point. Yeah, this is the game that I feel least confident about in my pick. Just that six-point spread is too large for me. And I lean Saints, but really a tough, tough decision here. And... It's uh, I just I, I don't feel confident about either team in this game, and I just I think that the Bills' offense has really just refused to grow, and they're continuing to struggle because they just refuse to run the football, and they're not going to be able to do that this week against New Orleans, that ranks first in rush DVOA on defense. So, the uh, the Bills just I just don't think that they're a team that's trending in the right direction. I'm not, that's not to say New Orleans is either. So I think this is a, a matchup that could have been a lot more enjoyable to watch had it been played like six weeks ago, five weeks ago. But now at this point in the season, neither team really hitting their stride right now. And uh, a game that it's probably not going to be as as in, um, enjoyable as it could have been. So that's kind of disappointing in there. But again, I, I lean Saints plus six, but I don't feel confident about this one. Mm-hmm. Probably big bummer too. Adam Troutman last week, I had him as my uh, one of my favorite values of the week. Had a great game, and then he comes he comes after the game with an MCL sprain, I think it was, or he's uh, he's banged right up. IR. He went to right to I. He is on IR. That was yeah. today. Dang, <laughs> big bummer, man. He he had a, a big game last week, and uh, 
the Saints just continue to just get the injury bug game after game now. And uh, it's such a bummer for them because they actually had a decent, I think they had some some decent, you know, surprise performances this season. Now with their, without their starting quarterback, without their starting running back, without their backup running back, without their, their starting tackle, starting tight, end. starting tight end, like it's the injuries are stacking up. And so that's really the big thing for the bills here. It's like, if, you, if you're going to put the bills, maybe just parlay with the under and that's the value there. All right, Connor. I wish I had better things to say about that game because it it, it seemed like it would have been a better matchup, but it's just John, not. bounce back game, baby. It could be. And that's kind of a good transition to our, our DFS lineups because I think Josh Allen is really the only quarterback I'm targeting in DFS this week and for Thanksgiving games. Um, we got three games for DFS. Connor and I are going to be doing a DFS lineup for Thanksgiving. And um, we'll be highlighting the, the players we think are, are good values here for these matchups. Connor, do you want me to, want me to start off or you or you want to do you can go ahead. All right. DraftKings lineups here. DFS, three games, and uh, we're going to be picking. What, what's the uh, – uh, is it – how does it work like on DFS in, for Thanksgiving, like contests? So there's, there's a classic window you can do with the, the regular lineups, and it's called the, the what's the payouts look Thursday. like for What's the payouts look like for, uh, for Thanksgiving? Is it similar to like the mega contest – on a you weekly basis, yeah, you can do like three dollar entry into an eight hundred k contest if you want to get into like one of those huge pool, one of those huge uh, pools. But you can still do like the double ups, which we recommend, and the head to heads. But they they do have a twenty dollar fantasy millionaire, which is comprised of just the three games played on Thursday. Gotcha. Okay. All right, I'll kick it off here. I'm gonna go with Josh Allen at the quarterback position. I really I, the only other quarterback that's even close to the, the talent levels of Allen is Dak Prescott. And um, with with Dak possibly uh, missing his two top receiving options in in Lamb and Cooper, kind of stayed away from that. But with with Lamb, you know, trending in the right direction, maybe you I could pivot to uh, to Dak, save a, save like a five hundred bucks or so, and and try to find other options across the roster. Keep an eye on that. I think that the health of players really is going to come into play here with DFS. So don't be afraid to pivot late in late towards the game. So as they're starting, um, but I'm going Allen seventy eight hundred at a quarterback spot. My RB1, Ezekiel Elliott, 8,000. I think this is a great option um, this week. Elliott has um, has a really good matchup against Vegas that is ranking really low in um, you know EPA per play over the last few weeks. And so it's a really good matchup for, for Zeke. Um, I could see him possibly leading all rushing, um, all running backs in rushing yards this week. I think I think that's like plus 400 on the on the on Thursday. I think that's a good a good bet, a good value. The other candidate for that is, for me is uh, David Montgomery, who I have in my RB two spot. The Bears, I think, are going to be are, are, are going to be victorious against the Lions, and I think it's going to be a lot to uh, to be thanks to David Montgomery at six thousand dollars. I thought that was an excellent value. Um, coming back off the injury, he's getting getting that further behind him now. Um, I think it's a good matchup for him. Wide receiver, I'm going with Stefan Diggs. Going to stack him with Josh Allen. Diggs just. You know he he's starting to round into form now. He he was drafted really high in fantasy fantasy leagues, and now he's starting to put it all together. Seventy nine hundred dollars. I think he's the best receiver on Thanksgiving. I'm taking him. Marquise Goodwin is my wide receiver too. Marquise Goodwin saw eight targets last week. Um, he was he was heavily involved in the passing game. He's also one of the biggest deep field targets for um, the, the the Bears this year, and uh, the Detroit is really bad and explosive pass success rate. 
Uh, and, and I think for $3,800, I'm banking on possibly a, a long touchdown here for Goodwin, at least for him to be heavily involved in the pass game with both Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney questionable. I think Robinson sits and Mooney might play, but mm-hmm. we'll see, you know, that again, the health, health is going to be a major question for these players. My wide receiver I'm going with, my wide receiver three spot, Zay Jones. Zay Jones has been the, the guy that's filling in for Henry Ruggs more uh, more than Deshaun Jackson, who they brought in, more than um, you know some of these other players that are options across their roster, Brian Edwards. And Zay Jones has been the guy that's been filling in as the, as the wide receiver two for, for the Raiders. And while it's not necessarily a role that's going to be conducive to major fantasy output, I think this week is a great matchup for him. Dallas is like 26th in explosive pass rate this year. Um, their defense is. And Zay Jones is their deep ball threat for, for Vegas. And so Vegas' bread and butter this year has been the deep ball. Without rugs, it's really taken a big hit. But I think Zay Jones is is going to be a, a guy that DFS, he's going to be not rostered very much. He's only $3,000. And and he has the opportunity to really explode if he catches like a 50-yard bomb. And uh, I think that's a good gamble there. My tight end, I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz, $5,300. With that, if, especially if Lamb doesn't play, I love this this bet. Um, Schultz could lead all pass targets in in rush and passing receiving yards this week. It's a possibility, just with the fact that the the matchup's good. the 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 lack of competition for targets is good for him. Schultz is someone that has a good repertoire with with Dak. He plays a lot better with Dak in the lineup than without. Schultz is someone that um, for fifty three hundred, I, I was I was happy to take there. In the flex spot, you know, ended up just kind of being where I was priced out into. I am doubling up on the tight ends. I go with uh, uh, Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson. Um, Really not much to say here besides, you know, he's the only target that is worthwhile for Detroit aside from DeAndre Swift. So Hawkinson's someone that, you know, Chicago doesn't do well against tight ends. I think Hawkinson has a good matchup. If Detroit has to throw the ball a lot, you know, it could be a good matchup for him. Um, but again, someone that I'm, I'm not afraid to pivot off of, especially being the flex. I don't, I don't love doubling up on tight ends, but the, the, the player health is a big, big key here. In the defense, I, this is the only defense I was willing to, to play this week. I don't like the defenses of really any of these any of these games aside from the Bears. I'm gonna go with the Bears against Detroit, especially if Boyle doesn't play. I think the Bears are gonna dominate on defense. And for three thousand, I was willing to pay a little bit more than the cheapest uh, spot there and grab the Bears. I like it. There's a lot of similarities with my lineup. So, I, you know, we, we don't make these lineups at the same time. I, I try not to look at Ben's lineup while I'm making mine. Sometimes uh, I'll make a few different lineups and I'll try to pick one that's least similar to Ben's. But this time around, I only made one. So I'm going to go with it. I'm not going to do any last minute changes because that's what gets me into trouble. Not do your thing. Uh, so starting off a quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, he's the safest play. He's, he's the most locked in, you know, CD Lamb's health, uh, makes Dak questionable, you know, Dak's own health makes Dak questionable as well. Um, the only other guy I like at quarterback is possibly Andy Dalton. Cause he, it's just such a deal. Yeah. You know, he's so cheap. I ain't going against Detroit. It's still a good matchup, but Josh Allen for me, I have the same top running back as well as Ezekiel Elliott at 8,000. The matchup is really good against Vegas. That's why I decided to go there over going against going with somebody like Swift who has to face the Bears defense, which we think is a little bit stronger. Um, but Swift obviously is a great play as well and not a bad pivot. 
Uh, and then David Montgomery is just the deal of the week at running back. Detroit's defense is horrific against the run. So Montgomery getting a full workload should just be an absolute smash. So we started our lineups off exactly the same way with the top three. Uh, but then I get a little different. I'm going with Michael Gallup. So, you know, playing on the fact that I know CeeDee Lamb's not fully healthy, no Amari Cooper. Uh, I think that Gallup and Schultz both see a nice boost this week. So I, I have Gallup in my wide receiver spot there. Uh, and then I'm stacking with Josh Allen. Cole Beasley. Um, part of my theory is that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be the one covering Stephon Diggs. And in that case, I think we see a di- uh, some of the targets normally going to Diggs. They're going to be diverted away to the secondary receivers. Uh, I think Cole Beasley uh, should be in line for a decent game, maybe a bounce back game as he's been quieter the past few weeks. And then a wide receiver, I'm going with Darnell Mooney, my wide receiver three. Uh, Allen Robinson looking unlikely to play. Uh, we have an update here. So Mooney was listed as a limited participant in all three practices this week, and he carries no designation going into the game against Detroit tomorrow. Meanwhile, Allen Robinson didn't practice and was listed as doubtful for the second week in a row. Uh, so it seems like he's likely not going to play. Uh, I like Mooney. He got 16 targets last week. Uh, uh, there's definitely a target funnel towards him if Allen Robinson's out. Uh, and I think Andy Dalton might actually be a little bit of an upgrade in terms of the passing game right now, just based on where Fields is in his career. He's more, he likes to run the ball. Uh, at tight end, I'm going with Dawson Knox. So once again, that, that Josh Allen and uh, Knox stack uh, right there. So I have a little bit of a double stack going on. Uh, and Dawson Knox is coming off a six for 80. He was really good to start off the season before he went out with an injury. He seems to be very, still very involved with that offense. So I like Dawson Knox. And by flex, I'm pulling what you did. I'm going with the Hawk, TJ Hawkinson. I'm, you know, Hawk's a good deal. He, you know, six for 51 in his last game. He had a bagel in between, but before that, 10 for 89. He's the most consistent pass weapon uh, for Detroit. In a game we think that they lose, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson could see a decent amount of targets. And then in my DST, I'm going with the Lions. Not that I love their defense by any means, but they play hard. Uh, and they, they get the Bears, who is not necessarily an electric offense. And this should be a pretty low-scoring game. So I'm going with Detroit there. Yeah. You see, you save money with that. It's just a low point total on the game. So maybe you're just banking yep. on them maybe keeping you afloat. Maybe they the turnover. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. So I like it. I like it, Connor. One guy that I wanted to highlight as value potentially is Tony Jones Jr., the backup of the, of the backup backup for New Orleans Saints running back, um, you know Mark Ingram's possibly not playing. He's questionable. Alvin Kamara, I think, is definitely not playing. Um, I think Ju- Tony Jones Jr. could be an excellent value, especially if Ingram is out for four for four thousand dollars for an RB starting running back is pretty pretty savory. Um, so that could be a good a good value play. Again, the theme. Player health is a major question here for these Thanksgiving games, and kind of a bummer because it's like uh, you, it's week, nice. It's tough. It's, it's tough. It's nice to know who's going to be playing and who's not, but we just don't know at this point in, in the week, and we'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll try to keep people updated on our socials about you know how, where we're going with these games. Um, I would not be um, shocked to see any either of us pivot on any of these players um, for you know tomorrow's when we, when we get those posted for uh, our socials. But keep the, keep mm-hmm. an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Connor. 
That was a good episode. Uh, man, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I've been sick this week. Uh-huh. My nephew, my little nephew got me sick. Uh, I was hanging out with them last weekend and it's fighting through like a sore throat and a head cold. And I, I'm feeling it towards the end of this podcast, buddy. And um, really hoping that the I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better for Thanksgiving because it's a terrible timed illness. <laughs> and yeah. um, At least he I has just, you know, uh, some time off from work and can rest a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. For sure. All right, Connor. Any last words here before we wrap up the pod? Um, no, I would just say, you know, thank you to everybody who tunes in on a weekly basis to all things analysis and the vicious talk. Still, and, you know, are we still waiting for uh, people to reach out to our to our Instagram to re- claim any of that free stuff? Uh the the guy never claimed the Keenan Allen jersey. So no we still way. got that. Yeah. Everything else got sent out. What about the other two weeks ago? We were like, it, it, you know, rate it, give us five stars. We'll give you a free shirt and a hat or a free hat. Or- you know, I haven't che- actually. I haven't checked the ratings. <laughs> I haven't checked the ratings. So we'll want to see on Apple iTunes if anybody uh, no, posted something. The the deal is, you 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 give us a five star rating. You send us a screenshot. DM us on Instagram, and we will give you a free shirt or a free hat or whatever whatever Connor's got. Exactly. And uh, I I just don't think that people are capitalizing on this great opportunity for all things analysis gear i mean we're not we're not going to post our video but i, I have an all things analysis shirt on right now it's it's a pretty great slick. great design pretty slick and uh it's it's free you know just support the podcast you're already doing it by if you're listening at this point and um you know it, it's 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 easy you just give us the five stars and, and message connor and he'll send you your stuff yep yep waiting on the dms and of course we're there for you guys every single week if you need some roster advice so we, we're still getting those messages so feel free to come through whether it's dfs or whether it's your fantasy lineup we'll try to help out as long as you know we're online and we see it we'll, we'll definitely respond definitely all right connor which which um meal or which part of the meal tomorrow are you most looking forward to having that's a tough one. So I'm I'm Polish, uh, and so my grandpa makes some pierogies, and those are absolutely delicious. There's these like, um, you know, they're little dumplings essentially filled with like potatoes and cheese, and you, you can get some like sauerkraut in there. Oof, those are delicious when you get them fried up real good. It sounds really good. I, I I'm a guy. I I love the combination of things for Thanksgiving. My one of my favorite food combinations like in this world is turkey, cranberry, and stuffing. And mm, even stuffing, some mashed potatoes yeah, in there, maybe. Good. But like some really good stuffing, mashed and uh, and cranberry and turkey is delicious. Especially, we've been deep frying our turkey over the last few years, and it's oh, it's geez. delicious that way. It's like you you know you got to do it outside. It's super dangerous. You got like a big pot. Super you gotta, dangerous, oh, yeah. But like it's worth it, man. It's like super moist. It's it's really really good. Um, so do you do the cranberry sauce? Do you do the can or you do it homemade? You do the fresh? No, we. I started doing a homemade cranberry sauce last year and it's it's delicious. You know, the, the fresh ca- cranberries. Also, just like Trader Joe's has a good uh, cranberry compote thing that, you know, you got to get like the cranberry chunks in there. I used to like mm. as a kid, I, I still like the, the canned cranberry. Like, I you can't too, it. But like there, there, are, there are upgrades to it for sure. Yeah. There, are, there, there are better versions. But all of it's just so good. All right, Connor. That's going to do it. I'm really thankful for you, buddy. Really appreciate you doing good. this. Thankful uh, for this episode, man. It's going to be some great advice in here. For sure. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving holiday with you and your family, Connor, as well as our listeners. Don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious? No.